welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast with your hosts, Mike Gore, Jocelyn Gotto, and James Kazina. This podcast is an all-in-one devotional, essential for anyone trying to figure out how to follow Jesus in today's world. Each month, we'll release four different episodes, including stories from the field, preaching, and conversations with special guests. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz. Here's today's episode. Mud and spit, the art of turning burdens into gifts. Try answering this question. What's wrong with us? What, at the root, is humankind's big problem? And then just to make it more interesting, imagine you have to write the answer on the back of a business card. You've got maybe 20 words, 30 if you're writing it microscopic. What would you write? How would you put it? Well, here's my entry for what's wrong with this. God gave us gifts. We turned these gifts into burdens and the burdens blinded us so we could no longer see and enjoy God, the giver. 26 words. That's what's wrong with us. At least according to our passage today, God has made a wonderful world and flooded it with gifts, gifts called freedom, beauty and love. And we took these gifts and spoiled them. Gifts of power we turn into oppression, gifts of knowledge we turn into arrogance, gifts of freedom we turn into war, gifts of love into hate, gifts of work we turn into achievement addictions. The gift of tending this beautiful world we turn into global warming. That's what's wrong with us, with the world. Everything, according to Christianity, is traceable to this issue. That if we take the gifts and forget the giver, the gifts turn into burdens and we're trapped by them rather than freed by them. We cannot use the gift properly if we forget the giver. But here's the twist our passage gives us. Religion, which is supposed to be the spring, the trap and reconnect us back to God the giver, often makes it worse. God gave Israel a wonderful gift. It was called the Sabbath. One day in seven, he said, take a break from your toil and just enjoy my creation. Enjoy your children. Look around and do what I did. Take joy in the fact that it is all very good. And what did Israel do with that wonderful gift? Well, they turned it into a burden. Rest from work one day in seven. But what do we mean by work? The religious authorities got involved and over time, work became legally defined. There were certain things you had to keep doing on the Sabbath, like milking cows or drinking water and other things that were not allowed. In the end, literally hundreds of rulings were given and you needed to consult a legal scribe to be kept right on how to keep the Sabbath properly. And instead of the law bringing rest, it became a burden. Jesus heals a man born blind on the Sabbath. Now, you can heal on the Sabbath. That's not considered work. But Jesus healed a man by breaking Sabbath laws. He baked He broke the law against baking on the Sabbath. He mixed his saliva with mud, made two little patties, and put them on the eyelids of the blind man. That constituted work. It had been decreed that to mix ingredients on the Sabbath was to violate its sanctity. You couldn't knead on the Sabbath. You did all your baking before the Sabbath. Also, there's another Sabbath law broken too. Jesus makes the man carry a non-essential burden the mud paddies on his eyelids. He's told to go and wash in a pool that's over a kilometre away. So as he walks, he breaks yet another Sabbath law at the behest of Jesus. 
But what is interesting here is that Jesus goes out of his way to break these so-called laws. After all, he could have just healed the man with a word, but no, he involves a man, bakes his mud and spit pies, and provokes a controversy. Now, you might say of the reaction, how ridiculous can you get? But remember, what is at stake for the Pharisees? They have a system of salvation. God can't accept you if you are not pure, and you stay pure by keeping the law. All of it. No matter how burdensome, because you want to experience the mercy of God. That's the motive, and there's nothing wrong with the motive. But something's gone wrong with the process. A man blind from birth gets his eyesight restored, and everybody gets in a lather about the fact that Jesus made mud and spit pies to make it happen. Talk about adventures in missing the point. How did they manage to take something so freeing and end up enslaving themselves by it? How did they take something designed to help them see God and turn it into something that blinded them to him? And for that matter, how do we, you and I, miss Jesus? Is there something in the practice of our religion that blinds us to him and stops us enjoying him? Does Jesus want to put a spit and mud pie on our eyes? Because only Jesus can make us see God. A friend of mine once knew a man who he would describe as a world's most miserable preacher. He had a great gift for it. He said he held thousands spellbound every weekend at his mega church. But over time, preaching got harder and harder for him, becoming an intolerable burden. He put some of it down to the spiritual battle and the rest of it down to the fact that preaching isn't easy. A very wise man once said, preaching is a happy labor, but you must give blood every time. But the pastor got to a point where he sank into deep depression. The more compliments he received, the more he batted them away. They're just being kind, he would say. His joy evaporated. He once said the only thing that gave him joy was to book a visiting speaker, because then for a week at least the burden no longer fell on him. A gift had been given to him, but it had turned into a burden, and the fruits of that burden were fear, exhaustion, and anxiety. But Jesus didn't leave him there. He mixed mud and spittle and smeared it onto his eyelids in the form of a Latin text from a saint called Augustine in the 5th century. A friend of mine had been reading it and passed it on to this preacher. Augustine was writing to a burnt-out preacher called Diogratus, who had written saying he hated preaching. He hated the people he was preaching to, and more than that, he hated himself for being such a bad preacher. Well, how did Augustine help this man? Augustine homed in on Diogratus' joy problem. He said, you don't have joy because you are no longer experiencing God as a generous giver. The insight turned the life of this megachurch preacher around. Because he said, when God gives gifts, our primary experience of those gifts should be joy, even in the midst of burden. If the joy disappears, something has gone wrong. And what had gone wrong was my view of God, God the giver, had turned into God the taker. The preacher said, I had looked into the source of my anxiety. I felt I had to preach so well that God would have to bless. It was up to me. God cannot bless me if I didn't get it perfectly right. But if I have to earn God's blessing, how do I know I've even done enough? I could never know. That's the misery of it. That's what was killing me, he said. He saw, essentially, his inner Pharisee. Perhaps each of us have an inner Pharisee, someone inside of us who prefers to earn the blessing of God than to receive it. Preaching it wasn't a gift anymore for his friend. It was something he did to force God to work. He foolishly took responsibility for all the spiritual effects of his sermon, 
but it was a misery of his own making. Our God, he's not a taker. Our God is a giver. I mean, sure, there is work, hard work, but it's up to God what happens. That's a dreadful delusion of religion to turn the gift into a burden, and it squeezes out the joy. Take the gift of the Bible. It can easily get turned into a burden. You've got to read three chapters a day or God won't bless you. And every time you open, it's like seeing three words from God shining through every verse. I must try harder. Or take the gift of the church. It can ruin coming to church. You hear a sermon, but all you can really hear is yet another task list. Or even the gift of prayer. It can be where we pour out our guilt, but we rarely receive And who wants to talk to a God who is reluctant to bless? Better to keep your distance and, to be honest, most do. The gift becomes a burden and the burden blinds us to who God really is. The gift was the Sabbath. It was rest. They turned it into a burden. It was work. And the result? A God who was generous and wanted them to rest and enjoy Him turns into a God who was hard and wanted them to work and fear Him. And that's why the Pharisees can't see Jesus, because their God is warped and hard. Not generous, not kind, not understanding. And it's such a shame, the tragedy of religious blindness. You dedicated your life to pleasing God, and when God does something wonderful, you run away, all the while thinking you are pleasing Him. So how do we make sure we don't fall into the same delusion? Well, we go back to the one purpose in life, one only, to live a life of joy. God made this world and said, enjoy my gifts. So are we enjoying ourselves enough? Ask, where is the joy level in my life? Or is the Christian faith a burden, an intolerable burden that squeezes out all the joy? Of course, there's always an element of burden. No one said the Christian life would be easy. Look at the healed man in the passage. As soon as he gets given his sight, he's in trouble. He's pitched straight into the center of a religious firestorm. Not even his parents stand up for him. They are too scared of getting kicked out of the synagogue. He gets abused by the Pharisees, excommunicated, and it will be very difficult for him to learn new skills to earn a living now because he's a pariah. But would he have it any differently? Would he say, the gift of sight, what a burden? Of course not. And we could meet hundreds of persecuted Christians all over the world who have burdens. Governments that want to ban them, mobs that want to lynch them, parents who want to disown them. But their primary experience is invariably one of joy. Hard to credit? Well, not really, if you keep seeing God. And the root of that is to see the gifts of God for what they are. The blessings undeserved of a generous giver. How do we ensure our experience to be more like the blind man than the blind Pharisees? A great question, But we do it by cooperating with the seeking ministry of Jesus and looking for a growing appreciation of Jesus. The blind man grows in his appreciation of Jesus. And there are four stages to it. Firstly, when the onlookers ask who gave him sight, all he can answer is the man they called Jesus, verse 11. But then during an acrimonious interrogation by the Pharisees, he says, a prophet, verse 17. As the trouble mounts, his identification of Jesus grows. When the Pharisees threaten him with expulsion, he boldly declares, Jesus must be from God. Verse 33, and finally, Jesus himself seeks him out and he makes his final declaration, I do believe, in verse 38. Jesus will keep coming to us, revealing more of himself so that our believing will be deeper, greater, more joyful. The trouble we get into will be our teacher and our gateway to more joy. 
Jesus is cheering for us. He heals a blind man, he seeks him out twice, and he is seeking us out, offering more of himself through each day. And incidents in our life, especially through tough times, so that we will say, Lord, I do believe, and mean it more and more, as we see more and more of him. And that's where the joy comes from, and the gifts no longer weigh too much, but set us free. So watch out for the inner Pharisee who prefers to earn God's favour than receive it and turn God's glorious gifts into burdens. Take care to see God for who he really is, a generous giver in sending his very son Jesus Christ to give us eternal life. What a sadness so few saw this. What a delight to live in the fullness of this generous sight. Jesus is cheering for us just as we are. listening to the Open Doors Live podcast with your hosts, Mike Gore, Jocelyn Gotto, and James Kazina. We hope the life-changing stories and lessons from the persecuted church help you follow Jesus, no matter the cost. To find out more, head over to opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz. I'm your producer, Bethany Ross, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast. <laughs>